This is COVID Demoted, a Surplus Media Podcast special covering the global pandemic of COVID-19. My name is Julie Levy. Today I'm here with Jean-François Veilleux, who is the Communications Coordinator at Centropole Roulant. Centropole Roulant is a food hub where food is grown, prepared, and delivered to the community. They They also host workshops and events and lead projects related to food security and social inclusion. I wanted to speak to Jean-François to find out more about Centropole Roulant and hear about how things have shifted since the start of the COVID pandemic. Jean-François, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Uh, so to start, can you tell me a bit about the history of Centropole Roulant and what types of activities and events uh, Centropole Roulant is involved in? Yeah, sure. So basically, Centre Paul-Roulin started in 1995. It was started by two waiters at the Centre Paul Café, which is on Dudit Street uh, in Montreal. And these waiters found out that they had uh, extra food uh, that was left in in the the restaurant, the café, and they decided to start uh, handing it to uh, people in the local community. And it soon... Uh, down upon them that it was it was a need in a community to both have uh, more access to food uh, and then also to break social isolation because people who were getting the food were mostly seniors and vulnerable people and they decided to go to them and to have chats uh, eat together and so that's basically how it started um the organization grew up, uh, evolved, uh, evolved, and became uh, bigger and bigger. Uh, we moved in 2010 into a new building that is uh, really dedicated as a community hub. And now, uh, today, we we have uh, many activities related to both uh, urban agriculture, peri-urban agriculture, and then uh, food. Uh, we we still have the Meals on Wheels program. We also have uh, different food uh, conservation and preservation uh, uh, workshops going on. And we also have uh, volunteers, uh, volunteer collectives who we have the one related to beekeeping, one to uh, worm composting, and uh, one uh, we have a bike shop and <laughs> we have a urban uh, fruit, uh, fruit harvesting uh collective and and one <laughs> one mycology uh collective okay cool um and so the the meals are actually prepared to the people so how does it work when does someone how does someone indicate to you that they would like to receive a meal so our service our meals on with service is uh provided to people who have a reference from um a health professional so uh, we 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 cater to people who are uh, either seniors, uh, people with low mobility, or a loss of autonomy. So we might have it's not like necessary to be a senior, uh, so over over sixty years old or over. Um, but we but we do need uh, people to have a, a reference from health professionals. So we there there's a problematic or there's something with that person and that person couldn't have access to uh, or couldn't cook fresh uh, fresh uh, meals. So that that's the first step for people. And then once the, the person is referred, 
we can have um we we will enter them in our system and then they will become regular clients. One thing to note is that we don't discriminate on uh, on the salary or uh, income. So people can have very uh, we have varying incomes uh, brackets from our clients. So we have clients who would be uh, considered pretty rich and others who are, would be considered pretty poor to be uh, our regular clients. Okay, that's interesting. And since the start of the COVID pandemic, um, the Houdal has prioritized the Meals on Wheels program. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the other ones are kind of just on hold for the moment. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's mostly as a safety feature uh, or safety measure measure is to make sure that um, we can still operate and deliver meals to people to vulnerable people who are already usually already are uh, isolated and now they are even more isolated. So we want to bring them uh, fresh food and fresh food five, five times a day, uh, five times a, a week. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so we want to bring them fresh food five times a week. And that's how that's basically uh, what we've been doing since the start of the pandemic. Okay. And what are some of the challenges that have, come about because of the pandemic and how have has Central Paul had to adapt because of that? So um, our main challenge was really to uh, how to operate uh, in, we, we don't, we don't like to use social distancing, but we will say uh, physical distancing. So how to operate in a space uh, that is kind of uh, cluttered or we're it's a, it's really close, uh, close knit community and how to operate uh, in times of social distancing or physical distancing. So um, we've had different committees coming up and working on uh, how to operate in the kitchen, how to operate the delivery routes, how to operate the volunteer programs, and, and how to make sure that our volunteers are not vulnerable people and how to make sure that we don't uh, spread the disease in uh, or spread the virus in in our community. So it, it was really um, it was really a, a, a big uh, work, a big task to bring everybody at the table and make sure uh, that everybody was comfortable with uh, the measure we put in place and make sure that uh, everybody was safe. Okay. Um, and are there are some of the new policies that were implemented by the city of Montreal or the province of Quebec relating to the pandemic? Um, did they affect your work somehow? And some of the um, things you were able to do? Yeah, kind of, well, yeah, it's uh, some of the uh, some of the rules uh, really affected our, our work. Uh, the main one was uh, people over seventy years old uh, should stay home and. We, we have a lot of volunteers who are over 70 years old. So in, in that context, um, how do, what do we do? So those volunteers obviously stayed home. Uh, we also had uh, younger folks, uh, young, younger volunteers in, in, the 60, in their 60s who still wanted to stay home. And they, what we did was to still bring, bring them in, uh, on, on, bring them on the team but uh, while they're at home, they will still be calling uh, clients and volunteers 
to do regular check-ins and see how things are going. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that um, our, our service is also, uh, it's, it's really uh, to break social isolation. And uh, with the rules uh, put in place by, by the government and the city was um, uh, seniors shouldn't interact with uh, younger people or people from the outside, um, which, which is a kind of a problem with what we do. So what we, what we asked our client is just, um, and, and our volunteers that they're very volunteers was to, um, leave the meals on the door. Uh, we warned our clients, we call every single one of them, telling them, uh, how we would operate and not to interact with, uh, the, the, the dairy people, but that we would call them. We would, we would call them to ask them how they're doing, how they're doing and if they have any needs and if the Huna could do anything for them. Okay. And uh, has the volume of people you have to deliver meals to increased also because of, of the fact that more people are staying home or does that list kind of stay consistent based on what you had before? Um, it, it kind of varies. Um, it, it actually, like, yeah, we have more pressure. We have, uh, we delivered, we definitely deliver more meals, but our client list is pretty much stable. Um, the thing is that at the moment, we really were in the first phase of the pandemic for us uh, to our response. And so our first phase was really to stabilize and put in place new measures. So that's what we want to do, uh, what we wanted to do first uh, to make sure that we could still deliver uh, fresh meals and that we could do it safely. Um, now we'll be entering in the second phase of our response and that, that, will, uh, that will bring more clients. And we want to open up to more clients and to do more deliveries. So uh, clients uh, that have been uh, ongoing clients receiving three meals a week might get five meals a week now. Okay. Is that, is that the change uh, for the second phase? As yeah, that, yeah, that's that's one that's one of the change in our meal zone wheel service that we want really want to uh, upgrade or increase uh, uh, the output of meals uh, we can bring every day. So in, instead of maybe 120 meals every day, we would like to have 150, 180. So we're looking in, in towards these numbers and. Uh, we're dreaming. We're dreaming of over 200 meals every day, uh, but uh, there are still a lot of logistic uh, complexities to mm-hmm. to to figure out before. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any fears or, or concerns uh, regarding this? If the if the pandemic and the limitations are to continue and maybe get more severe. Um. Yes and no. Since the beginning, um, I think uh, for myself and, and myself and De Roulin, we looked at it uh, in a in a long term vision. So we it, we we figured out we we knew it was uh, we were in for a long term situation more than a short term base thing. So we knew that after two weeks, uh, it wouldn't resolve itself. So. We're pretty much in it for the long haul, and now uh, that's why we're the the phase one two weeks after the, 
the pandemic was declared, uh, we're pretty much uh, done with phase one. And now we're switching to phase two and three. three. And that, that, that means that we're, we're, we're actually ready for a long-term situation. Uh, the thing that might um, affect us a lot is if um, volunteers get sick and are not available anymore then that will create a problem of its own. But uh, we also have uh, tools in place to to mitigate these risks. Okay. Are you looking for more volunteers at the moment or how can the community help and be involved? <laughs> um, yeah, well, at, at the moment, we're not looking for, for volunteers. Uh, we the, the, the pandemic was declared on the 12th and or the 11th but uh on friday the 13th uh we already had like over 100 new volunteers signed up and now we're close to wow. 600 so at the moment our list is pretty full and that's, that's great yeah it's, it's really great but uh we, we don't want to to create expectations so a lot of people are really eager to help but we can't uh, we can't have them all in. Uh, we can't uh, have a lot of people coming in our space and risking to right. uh, break the rules of uh, social distancing. <laughs> but, yeah, and I guess even if people are available to help, there's still the, the fact that you know food might be a limiting factor also, right? The amount of yeah. actually food that you have to deliver. Yeah, exactly. So we don't want to just send volunteers with one meal which wouldn't make any sense, but we, we, we send people with uh, insulated bags. So uh, we have a, a, a finite, finite amount of uh, bags available. So that's, that's also one thing, but um, yeah, but the most important thing uh, at the moment is that we have, uh, we, we have a lot of volunteers. We have a lot of great people who signed up and are available and are in, healthy um and the best way for people to help is uh either to make a donation to the Oulan or um we we redirect people to uh the the government website for volunteering which is which is jebenevol.ca and people there can uh on, on that website they can find uh other organizations who might need help and uh we've been working with a lot of other organization, um, and we we love sending people to towards the Réseau Montréal Autochtone. Um, so, because a lot of organizations are not necessarily built to get the all the input of volunteers we we got, but uh, now we we're in a, in a position where we can uh, redirect them to the the, the good res resources. That's great. So they can, they can find their backup choice of volunteer places. Exactly. Um, do you have any stories uh, that you'd like to share of maybe something that has happened in the in the recent weeks? Um, yeah, uh, one one great star, story was um, uh, I, I mentioned the uh, phone check in and uh, lot lots of employees. Uh, started to do some phone check-ins with uh, clients and volunteers and um the gratitude we get 
from clients who, who are so glad that we kept on going and that we um, that we we made sure that um, they get meals uh, mostly every day and that we could that we took the care the the time to to, to take care of our community to call them to ask them are they doing uh, have had people. Uh, uh, people who were in tears and were crying over the phone just because they were uh, because of how glad they were that we were doing that um, that's, that's that was really oh yeah it was really touching and uh, it, it made so much more sense about like giving you a purpose about what you're doing and what you're working for during a pandemic which is kind of it, it, sometimes it's, it's it might be kind of absurd because we're we're still in it but when we're gonna look uh when we're gonna look back on this uh time uh in the future uh we, what i want to remember is not like how people were fighting over toilet paper but how the community came along and helped to helped each other and that's that's what i'm taking from from that yeah and that's really amazing to be able to see the direct impact of what you're doing. That that makes me think, actually, was there any hesitation um, when you guys were discussing internally how to go about this pandemic? Was there any hesitation between stopping the service um, or continuing it? Um, it? I would say it was kind of, um, people were kind of anxious about it. So... But most of the staff, they understand uh, the importance of what we're doing. And so people, have, of, of course, it's, it's scary. It's a scary time. And it's, it's, it's important, to, to, it's important to, to have some, uh, <laughs> some, some anxious energy, let's say. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that uh, people... If we really, we really turned around like how we do things because it went from a pretty horizontal leadership-based uh, organization to a more top-down, which is we're not used to that. But it it bring it, it brought a lot, and now that we're past stabilizing stabilizing the the situation, where we've come back to uh, horizontal uh, leadership. So people are bringing their ideas, people are bringing uh, their views, and it helps a lot. So, yeah, people, we we knew we would still keep going uh, during the crisis, and that's that's what we do, and that's what we, why we do it like five five days a week, fifty two <laughs> weeks a year, uh, <laughs> even on snow days, on ice <laughs> ice storms, and on Christmas. So yeah, we, we, we work all year round to bring food to people and that's, that, that's what we do. And we do it in time of crisis. That's awesome. That's really inspiring. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe I didn't ask you? Uh, I had something. That's okay. There's I, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did add something, but I, I lost my train of thought. But no, it's just, um, no, I, I'm so glad about like 
the, the response from the community and uh oh yeah i remember now <laughs> um, perfect yeah so yeah uh, i'm so glad about the, the response from the community and one of the most important thing that came out or that will have come out from from this crisis is that uh the government uh Uh, officially recognize uh, Meals on Wheels program to be uh, essential services, which um, uh, the Meals on Wheels Association tried to uh, get for at least the past 30 years. And now that we're in a crisis that we need, uh, people absolutely need our services. Um, Meals on Wheels services have been uh, officially recognized. So it, it brings Um, a lot of recognition from uh, the higher authorities, so it it, it it brings a lot to it brings a lot of meaning to what we're doing, and yeah, as I said mentioned, um, it, it brings a sense of purpose. That's awesome! Congratulations. Thanks. Um, great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, and thanks for everything that you and Centre Paul Roulant is doing. Um, yeah, th- it's really great to know that it, you know it's benefiting the people like that, and and that you guys really get to feel their direct gratitude. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. And if people want to uh, either learn some more about Centre Paul Roulant or make a donation, they can go on centrepaulroulant.org. Centrepaulroulant.org. Perfect. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks to you. Bye. Bye bye.